Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you.
the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, you know that we cannot withstand the dangers which surround us. Strengthen us in body and spirit so that, with your help, we may be able to overcome the weakness that our sin has brought upon us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. You would think I would be going off the Corinthians today, but I'm not. (laughs) Although it is very nice to hear that reading right before Valentine's Day. Today I want to talk about the reading from Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. I'm going to read a little bit from it. I'm going to start at Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 6. And then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. God was talking to Jeremiah as a boy, as a young boy, and giving him a very grown-up task. And that happens to kids sometimes. Sometimes we are asked, we ask children, or we were asked as children, to do things that maybe kids don't do. To take care of a younger sibling, to take care of a parent who is ill, to cook or clean. I mean, there's so many things. And, and in that time, there were even more things that kids had to do. But to go and speak and prophesy to adults was this huge task. It was big. I don't blame Jeremiah for saying, I can't do this. Because sometimes we feel that way, even as grown-ups, God asks us to do things, and we say, we can't do this. And as adults who come to church very often, we, we hear, all things are possible through God. That applies to kids, too. It's not a gift that we get as soon as we are confirmed or, or become 18 and we go out into the world. All things are possible with God, even for children. And that's why God says to Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. God doesn't give us more than we can handle when we look to him. He is with us in these tasks, be it having to unload the dishwasher or scrounge up food, you know? He is still there with us in those things that maybe we think we couldn't do as kids. He's with us as adults in those things that maybe we think we can't do. And this reading reminds us that that gift of God's presence and God's support is given to us from birth. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for being with us even when we feel like we can't accomplish what's in front of us. Help to remind us that we can accomplish things as long as we come through you. Amen. Please rise as you are able. We will together welcome the gospel.
people in Jesus' hometown are initially pleased when he says that God will free the oppressed. Their pleasure turns to rage when he reminds them that God's prophetic mission typically pushes beyond human boundaries so that mercy and healing are extended to those regardless, regarded as outsiders. The Holy Gospel, according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to say to all in the synagogue in Nazareth, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to the widow at Zarephath at Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So as Amanda pointed out, we, we are gifted and called from our birth and are called to discern um, what our ministry is, what our specific calling is over and over again. And when people come from our congregation, our group, or our family, or our neighborhood, you know, how proud are we to, to be, oh, look, this person... This person graduated with honors. This person started this great movement. This person won an important football game. Because, um, of course, I know who's playing football today. Uh, but, but we like to be proud of that, of, of that person and those people who come from us. And Jesus' community was both trying to be proud of him. This is our little Jesus. Um, and keep him in his place. This is our little Jesus, which we also do. We want to celebrate people's accomplishments, if they're accomplishments that we approve, if they're accomplishments to which we have contributed, if they're accomplishments that, uh, that support decisions and patterns that we have. When those, those children who come from our communities start to step outside those lines, we can get a little bit bent about it and push back. One of the things we know about family systems, and it's true for congregational systems and other tight groups, is that whenever somebody starts to step out of the role that's been established for them, the whole group pushes back. Because we want it the way that's comfortable for us, the way that's predictable for us, and we want our next generation to affirm what we've done. 
even if we don't think about it that way. We want them to affirm what we've done before them. So here's Jesus coming to this community. He's, he's done healing in Capernaum. We talked about that. And, and then he preached, you know, today the scripture has been fulfilled. And your hearing talked about that last week, about the audacity of him saying that. And then they want to celebrate him, but he points out, this may not mean what you think it means. Let's look at scripture. And because they were studying the same scripture. Part of which, by the way, was him proving that he was within the Jewish tradition. Every time Jesus does this, he's saying, I I am part of this tradition. I am coming out of this tradition and claiming the authority of the tradition. But also pushing the boundaries. Saying, remember, when Elijah went to a widow that was not an Israelite. Remember when Elisha cured a general that was not an Israelite. Remember when God showed preference to those who are not part of however we define our in-group, showed partiality and lifted them up and named them. In this case, one woman, one man, one named, one unnamed, but those who should have been excluded. And so they get fired up about it. now. It might be hard to imagine mob mentality in this day and age. Yes, that is sarcasm. Um, When a group of people can get riled up to behave in a way that is inconsistent with the way that they would have behaved individually and the way that they plan to behave. And uh, the way that they would behave if they took a step back and looked at what they were doing. This applies to all of us, not just the people that we disagree with politically or that we disagree with nationally or that we disagree with religiously. This applies to all of us. It is easy for us to get wrapped up in frustration and then stop thinking. The crowd gets mad and they drive him to the cliff. Pretty extreme reaction, right? I mean, when you're not that happy with what one of your kids does, I'm hoping driving them to the cliff is not where you head. <laughs> but we do this in other ways. Think about some of the language that people use on social media. Think about, think about some of the language that people use in sound bites on TV or radio. Think about some of the language that people use when they're not sitting side by side. And think about how painful it is to think about sitting side by side with those. Divisiveness and violent discourse is not new. Here it is in Jesus' time, and it wasn't even new to them. We're told this, though, to be reminded. What happens when you stop thinking? I I believe that sometimes we need to vent, but I believe we need to be really clear and specific about when that happens. And we also need to notice, okay, when when am I going past what I would do? on my own. If 
pick the person whose opinion you care about the most. If so-and-so were watching, if so-and-so were here, would I do this? One of the, the uh, bits of language that we use sometimes with people who um, are, are violent in their households, who will claim, I can't help it, will ask, could you have helped it if the police were here? Now, I use that example for two reasons. One, because it happens in, violence happens in our homes, too. But it's not a big step from one, to the, uh, one thing to another. And whenever we start to make excuses and give ourselves permission to not behave ourselves, basically, We're following this crowd mentality that is throwing away at this point this great gift. Jesus is just getting started in his ministry here. So he's done some stuff in Capernaum, you know, I made some wine. But here he is getting started saying that this is what my ministry is going to be. And they're already ready to throw him away because it's hard on them. So we have to ask, what way is Jesus hard on us? What way if Jesus came in here and said, you know, remember, it wasn't the Lutherans that did this, that, or the other thing. Remember when God showed favor to Muslims. Remember when these people who were politically abhorrent to me, one way or another, pick your group, And it is easy for us to want to reject Jesus' message before dealing with the impact on us. We start to make excuses. We start to justify. We start to say, well, yeah, but. Or let's focus on this other passage. Jesus is pointing out here this ministry that we are called to participate in is hard. It's hard because it challenges us and it, it, and it, it calls us to recognize our own weakness. But there's some hope in this passage too because they drive him out to the cliff, right? And in my view, they all got excited and mad. Said, we got to get Jesus out of here. We're going to drive him to the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all followed him and then somebody said, well, who's going to push? And they all said, well, wait a minute. This is our little Jesus. This is one of us. This is one who speaks from the same scripture, comes from our same people, loves our same beloveds. Who's going to push? That moment, that moment is what we're called to Acknowledge and accept. We've been going the wrong way. Excitement and enthusiasm has a place. But when excitement, enthusiasm is used against, against any of God's precious creation, any of God's precious children, then we're doing that hateful thing of, I'd rather push this person off the cliff. I'd rather push Jesus' witness off the cliff 
that have to love and accept or endure or give. That moment's a blessing. Allow yourself to be blessed in it. Allow yourself to know that, yes, we are, we're called beyond that. It's not like Jesus says, okay, I'm going to unfriend you. Not talking to you anymore. Which is another thing we tend to do. We get, get, get engaged, engaged in hateful discourse. And we decide, I'm just not talking to this person. Well, Jesus is going to keep talking to us. Jesus is going to keep talking to us, keep leading us, keep challenging us, keep reminding us, and keep inviting us to just accept, just receive what's being offered before we try to do something about it. Yes, we may be called to speak. And in defense of extroverts everywhere, we may be called to speak. But before that, we're called to listen. Let us listen and see how we can be transformed by this incident so that Jesus can turn around and pass through us and pass through the crowd and not doom us to having to live with simply getting too excited and rejecting it. May you and I both experience some excitement in Jesus, and may you and I both be transformed. I found this on the web. Oops, sorry. And may Siri, apparently, get involved here. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your witness, for your boldness in speaking up to those who are your own, your own community in Nazareth, your own community in Juneau, your own community in all of the world. Allow us to calmly and patiently receive what you say, receive the love that you offer. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please join me as we, as we recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. Guide your church in the ways of faith, hope, and love. Cultivate ministries and communities of compassion that bear witness to your enduring presence among us. God of grace, teach us to live in humility on the earth. Curb arrogance that leads to destruction of natural resources and disregard for future generations.
Inspire the work of scientists who urge us to live in harmony with your creation. Warm those who are overwhelmed with snow and hurricanes. God of grace, hear our prayer. You are the refuge of all who seek hope and freedom. Accompany immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers who cross borders to find safety and opportunity. Embolden leaders to draft compassionate policies on behalf of migrants and those who assist them. God of grace, hear our prayer. Love bears, believes, hopes, and endures all things. Comfort with your love all who are lonely, fearful, or brokenhearted. Sustain the hope of all those who suffer in body and spirit. God of grace, hear our prayer. Your grace falls upon young and old alike. Bless the gifts of children in the congregation and in this community. Give us humble hearts to follow their leadership. Inspire us with their laughter, their insight, and their curiosity. God of grace, hear our prayer. We praise you for those who have gone before us and now see you face to face. Abide with us in this mortal life until we rest in the arms of your never-ending love. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all our prayers to you in confidence and faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, who leads you in pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you and who calls you by name, bless your going out and your coming in today and forever. Amen.
Go with Christ into a weary world and share the good news. Thanks Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.